Hello and welcome to the Stoppage Time podcast. We're back. It's me, your host, Jack Hoch, and I'm joined by the familiar Liam Dixon. Hi, Jack. Nice to see you again. How you been? Yeah, it's, uh, nice to see you too, Liam. It's, it's been a long time. I feel like we've not been this close for what, a few months, actually. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's been strange. I've missed your beard. Yeah. <laughs> I've missed your face. Oh. And <laughs> we, have, we have a special guest this, this week on the Stoppage Time podcast. He works for the National. He's a Kilmarnock fan. It's Angus Cochran. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Yes, it's a pleasure to have some some fresh blood in the podcast, and hopefully, it'll be an improvement upon Liam. Eh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Good start upon Lee and Jamie. And on that note, I should say, unfortunately, due to work, eh, both Lee and Jamie can't be here. But you're in luck. We'll hear exclusively from Lee on the beach in Ibiza, as I phoned him earlier during the week. So, I guess without further ado, we should get get cracking on this. This week's special stoppage time podcast. Um, oh, where to begin? I mean, we've not we've not been here for a few months, and I feel like so much has happened in in Scottish football that we could actually. Be when here was the last time day. we did a podcast? Oh, probably March or something like that. <laughs> so we've had Rangers implosions, you know, five all, six all draws, and I, I, I don't even know where to begin. So we'll start. We'll start. We won't bore you with the World Cup. I'm sure you know who won that. I'm sure you know who won the Scottish football. <laughs> football was the real sure. winner. VAR won the World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> Uh, we won't get started on VAR because we've already had a lengthy discussion on that. But we shall start looking ahead and looking at what's going on so far this summer in Scottish football. I guess particularly let's look at the transfers of each team because most of them have been quite busy. Aberdeen haven't, Kilmarnock haven't, <laughs> but we'll get onto that in, in due time. But yeah, no, let, let's... What Aberdeen been, have, oh, I would argue. Oh, okay, okay, that's controversial. Not busy enough. We'll get onto that in a wee second. But for the two of you, who have been the standout so far? Or what's been the standout business so far? Uh, I will maybe steal Liam's thunder and say that I'm most excited about one of Hibs' signings. Oh, mm. this will definitely be stealing my thunder. Yeah, I'm gonna have to steal one of yours. I think Malin is the player I'm probably most excited to see in the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a bit worried for Hibs. To be honest. I thought the midfield trio they had in the last six months of the season were was probably the most exciting from a Scottish point of view, at least. It mm-hmm. was it was a while since we'd seen C, uh, three young Scottish players really playing well, playing in the most exciting team in the Premiership. And I was just, at the end of the season, it looked like that would all collapse. You know, Alan going back to Celtic, McGinn away for big money, McGeoch away for nothing. Uh, but maybe McGinn will stay now, which would be nice. But I think Malin, um I mean, he scored from, you know, 200 yards against Combined, yeah. uh, Fair Wylands team. And <laughs> against no goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> well... You can only beat his foot in front of you. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but I mean, he's he's got great set-piece ability, so mm-hmm. I think he'll probably offer more of a goal for it, at least for, just from that on its own than McGeoch did. Although I'm not sure, I'm not saying he's going to be better. They're different players, obviously. Yeah, completely different players. I think McGeoch only scored four times in the whole time he was at Hibs, and Malin's got four already. I so. don't think McGeoch scored at all last season as well. I don't think he did. I think his last goal was against Aberdeen in the semi-final, mm. the season before last, so... <laughs> Yeah, he'll be an upgrade in McGeek in terms of goal threat. Time will tell whether he'll be the same, well, he won't be the same kind of player, but if he'll have the same impact on the team that McGeek had in his day, because I do think of that midfield three, McGeek was probably the one that made the least headline or made the fewest headlines, but he was probably the best on his day. Yeah, I'd agree. Mm. <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's good to see that Malin's move to uh, Hibs has come through quite cleanly, because obviously when Barnsley tried to sign him from St Mirren, uh, they accidentally sent the offer to the club's website the first time, 
Uh, so it's good to see that this one's gone through okay. Yep. So well, we hope so. <laughs> so let's hope he was properly registered. When yeah. yeah so <laughs> we'll get onto the registration of players. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's been extremely good business for Hibs. I think Malin obviously is going to be an exciting player, an exciting midfield player. Mm-hmm. It's going to get plenty of goals. Canberry as well, getting him on a permanent contract. It's, it's extremely good business. Yeah, like Hibs haven't been the busiest team in terms of numbers, but certainly those two, like Adam Bogdan as well, that jury's probably still out on him a bit as well. But those two players, we actually paid money for them. Uh, they'll come in, they'll do, they'll be quality signings. I wouldn't outside bet Canberry top goal scorer. I'm feeling it. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be sure. Behind Chris Boyd, yes. Yeah. Uh, if he'd been here all last season, he would have. Chris Boyd would have been in his dust. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think then, actually, that's this quite interesting side note between Bogdan and Marciano? Marciano. Who, who do you think is going to, to be number one there? Well, obviously, Marciano's injured at the moment, so Bogdan's come in, he'll start the season. I don't know when Marciano will be fit again, but I'm sure um, when Lennon bought him in, he probably said to Bogdan, look, come in, nail down the first place, and it'll be up to Marciano to kind of wrestle it off you when he gets back fit, which is kind of what you want, competition. I mean... I think Bogdan only made one save across the two games against the Faro- against the Faroese team, but I don't think uh, I don't think he had much chance for any of the goals. So the jury's still out. I think he'll probably be okay. But I'm a fan of Marciano. It wasn't like we needed a new number one. We'll mm. see. Yeah. No. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. But it's, it's obviously disappointing to lose McGeeoff. But yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah. Have done but that's been on the cards for a long time. Mm. I'm glad we didn't lose him to another Scottish team like Aberdeen. were seriously interested in him for mm. a while, but. Glad to see him go down south. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on down yeah. there. There's quite a few Scottish players down at Sunderland. Some of the basis and everyone from the SPFL. <laughs> I kind of get a bit of a kind of Middlesbrough under Strachan kind of vibe from yeah. them. Because they even, uh, on that note, they even sang Glenn Leuven yesterday as well. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, no one's here to listen to a Sunderland podcast. So <laughs> we, shall, we shall move on. What about then across the, across the city? What about Hearts? Um, I think it's safe to say they've done done some business. They've done oh, plenty of business. business. Yeah. Yes, they. Uh, a bit scattergun, it looks to me. Yeah, I think they signed, what was it, eight players by the end of the first week in June? Mm. Might be quite off. Thirteen maybe. now. I Thirteen think. now, yeah. Thirteen, well. Um, I don't know how much. A bit. They, I mean, Naismith. Naismith is probably the one, yeah. He's the, he should be at Scottish Premiership level a, mm. a really, really good signing. Yeah, he's, been the, he's probably been their, st- their standout signing. I mean, most of these names, like obviously Stephen McLean as well. That's funny. Stephen McLean's I mean, a weird one because he, yeah. he is like 100 years old, so I don't. He hasn't even scored that many goals the last couple no. of seasons. It's really interesting really that St. Johnson never played him on plastic pitches. In his first game, he plays up at Cove on a plastic pitch, scored, so don't know what the deal is with that. But Yeah, he says, he, and he came out he and said, said he had could, no problem with plastic pitches. He said oh. he'd play in a car park if he had to. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he does, and outside yeah. a pub. Some of those Christoph <laughs> Barrow long balls might end up in the car park. So if you ever see Stephen McLean in a car park, you know what to do, but yeah. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm also quite excited to see... Another of the strikers they signed, Uchi Ikpezu. I mean, that was a good effort. I, what what it, do you know about him, Angus? Well, all of, I just read a wee bit from his time at Cambridge United, but mm-hmm. he's uh, a six foot four striker, mm-hmm. um, and he's been called unplayable on his day, which is always always the start of either a guy getting sent off in his first game and never seeing him again, or having a really good season. So, I think I mean he's surely got off for more than. Than Stephen McLean has he not? I mean, he was quite highly rated at Cambridge, I think. So yeah, I mean that's the great thing about some of these signings that, with the greatest of respect, we don't know anything about up here. You could, they could be amazing. They could be like a kind of a flow Camberry, you know, bag on the hips drum, but come in, score tons of goals, or 
on the other hand, they could equally be in a cool Stockton, play a couple yeah. of games and disappear. Mm. But Hearts, looking at the strikers, that's where they need to do better. Not necessarily the strikers, I think the system needs to improve because mm. the only two teams scored fewer goals than them in the Premiership mm. last season and they finished sixth. Sixth, sorry. Yeah, I they, mean, that, they that's... That's a bit worrying, isn't it? They are probably the most boring team in the Premier. In the Premier so, uh, good luck to those strikers. Have I know. Apparently, they have sent like a million strikers as well. So it's, it's safe to say they also got this guy in from the Czech Republic, who I would imagine none of us know anything about. No. no. Uh, yeah, no, it's inter- interesting. Isn't it? I think Ryan Edwards from Partick Thistle. I think that's good business because I've always thought he's always a Decent standout. Player, yeah, yeah a, a, a good, good, solid player with good Premiership experience. He'll, he's generally a, a decent enough goal threat. But yeah, Hearts. Scattergun. I think. I think the thing mm-hmm. with Hearts is we just we just don't know. See what Wait sticks. See. Right. I think. I think if it comes to January and what, if five of them are still at Hearts, I think they've if, done. If five well. of them are first team players, they've done pretty yeah. well. Exactly, but most of them will probably be kicking about in some. But in the Mallory Martin void in yeah, the back exactly. room. At, in the back room. Really. They, they have. I mean, they have. Well, last season, at least, they had the fourth highest wage budget, so they should be in the top four. I mean, that's the best predictor mm-hmm. of league position. They should. They should be in the top four. So, I think if they get to January and seven of these new signings are not in the team and. They're not doing well. I think Levine will be under big pressure from mm, from I himself. Mean, himself yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would just be wasted money. I, I know. It can't, there's no longer the excuse like last season. It was always well. Cathro had the preseason. It was Cathro's mm. team. Mm-hmm. It, well, he was sacked by what was the start of August, just after that Dunfermline game in the League Cup. Um, that won't be. They won't have the excuse this time. Thirteen players. That's all on Levine now. I mean, I didn't see the game against Cove, but I was reading a bit about it. And the Hearts fans seem to. They seemed fairly positive. I know they only won two one, but they seem to say they were playing, getting the ball wide, the full, uh, the wingers taking men on, which is something they didn't really have a lot of last season. So, we'll see. We'll see. Again, that's all we can really say at this point. We'll <laughs> yeah. see. We'll, we'll see. have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But that's an interesting point. Saying Hearts should be top four, and we perhaps should then look at their kind of their rivals for top four, the teams that were top four last season. Obviously, I have Celtic. We'll come on to them in, in a wee minute. But Aberdeen for me has been a bit of a standout. I think it's been a standout for. For many people this this week, it's not often that Aberdeen make sort of headline news down in England because they lose a player to Salford City, but that is exactly what happened. Adam Rooney, what 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 did we make of this? What did we make of them losing Rooney to Salford City? Well, I I mean they've the I mean uh, Jim White from Sky Sports who seems to love Slate in Scotland, mm-hmm. talk sports, a, tra- a traitor, treasonous, treasonous wrong. But um, you know he's saying all oh, this is a sign of uh, the dire state of mm-hmm. Scottish football but somebody somebody on Twitter as usual somebody on Twitter does made a much more sensible point than the man that's paid a lot of money and said that you know the fact that this this uh, conference team bankrolled by a billionaire run by a group of kind of prima donna ex-footballers mm-hmm. signing, signing Aberdeen's second choice striker who scored four goals last season from uh, eight, four from open play I think it was. four from open play sorry and paying him five, four or five grand a week four grand a week that's surely yeah. An indictment of English football, yeah, not Scottish football. I mean, I mean that's, Scottish yeah. players going down to England for big money is nothing new. I think obviously the fact it's a fifth, a fifth tier team, but Salford City are a bit of an anomaly, like you said. I know there's quite a lot of money floating around down there now, but mm. they've gone what is it, three promotions since them? Um, Neville and all the footballers oh, got involved third, in, in tw- since 2014. Yeah. yeah, I think their ambitions are to get to the championship within 15 years. So I mean, they're not your kind of run of the mill fifth tier team. No, certainly not. They are. Mm-hmm. In many ways, they're the Gretna of English football. So the Gretna. Well, I hope it doesn't end the same way. Um. <laughs> well, I guess maybe we'll be here hoping. But yeah, no, no. Uh, the Rooney thing, I think, it is understandable. It's, it's a real shame, though, that Aberdeen 
are now losing players or, or are losing <laughs> players to a team in the fifth tier, yes, there are the factors, so we can't ignore that. However, the flip side is they, they haven't done a lot of business so far, Aberdeen, and no. they've been pretty quiet. Yes, they brought in Stephen Gleeson from Ipswich, who is a, a very you know solid player. He's, he's got Irish caps, so he's, he's not a bad player at all. But then you look for the rest of their signings. I mean, Chris Forrester from Peterborough. Don't know much about um, him. Well, young guy. Don't know. Much, oh, sorry, the young I mean, guy. He's twenty-five. Don't know. I don't know. Don't but, know well, him. the Chris Forrester I think is quite an interesting one because I mean, what I mean about eighteen months ago he was considered League One's best midfielder, and, and the the chairman was raving about it, saying if we don't lose this guy for big big money, I'll be amazed. But he, he seemed to kind of have a sudden loss of form about the start of last season. I mean, he was he was stripped to the captaincy because they felt it was too much pressure on him. But he's definitely a really talented player. And he's one apparently that plays better against big teams who maybe give you a bit more space to play mm-hmm. in. I mean, Aberdeen are always rubbish against Celtic, and mm-hmm. this guy is a, a guy who likes to get the ball down and play football against big teams. But whether Derek McInnes will let him do that yeah. is yeah. another thing. Left back, I think. I, I mean, he's he could be an exciting signing, I think. And um, Lewis Ferguson from Hamilton is more kind of typical McInnes sign. He's like a big, strong yeah. guy, young and fit. Um, mm. But he's a sensible sign. Yeah, yeah I think the Rooney thing, they should see that as an opportunity to kind of get themselves away from the the Rooney years, you know, <laughs> of just lumping up to the big big man and feeding off the scraps. I mean, if they could get somebody that could, you know, play with their feet a bit more, it, yeah. it could be an opportunity. But I don't think Stevie May is that that person. No, no it certainly doesn't look away. I was uh, chatting to my Aberdeen mate. Shout out to Jamie Murphy. That's nothing. Not the same the one. The Not the same Jamie. Well, I don't think it's the same Jamie Murphy. But yeah, he was saying that the he was sad to see Adam Rooney go because obviously been a good servant of the club. But he said if a team like Safer wants to come in, sorry, and uh, if a team like Safer wants to come in and pay that kind of money, it won't be big loss provided they go out and replace mm. him. They've been linked with Louis Moult, so if they can come and replace him with someone of that caliber, they'll be doing well. It's just as long, or they have to hope that they don't replace him with another Nicky Maynard, essentially. <laughs> oh, exactly. Or a. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's certainly I think it's about who they bring in. <laughs> they bring in now. I mean, they've got they've got plenty of time, so it's not a huge worry in terms of the league. It is a bit of a worry in terms of Europa League, exactly. Which we will get uh, onto a bit a bit uh, later, but uh, that's that's the worry. And I think McInnes is this could be a very tricky year for him because he mm. finished second four years in a row, um, which is pretty. I mean, remarkable to be above honest. Inverness, Kelly, and a and a newly promoted Hearts the first two years but then again and then but against Rangers twice in a row even mm-hmm. though they were shambolic obviously but they, I mean their wage budget was two and a half times bigger than Aberdeen's last mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. so that's an amazing achievement yeah. but I don't think they're they'll, they're likely to do that this year but and it, I mean will that be seen as a failure I mean it well, shouldn't be but it was probably that will be just like yeah. football fans are fickle that way yeah. like when you do well like suddenly kind of a drop in level just won't even if it's a kind of return to the norm, it won't be seen as a, anything other than a failure, unfortunately. Yeah, Listening to our very own Jamie Hall talking about Derek McInnes in the past, he certainly thinks mm-hmm. second's a failure in many ways. So, <laughs> mm. so there, are, there are those expectations out there that Aberdeen should be doing more than what they're doing already. But as you say, if they get a third still, mm-hmm. still good for Aberdeen, going by budget, going against by who they're against, going by their squad. So I think the it bit should be seen as a failure, but yeah. it probably would be seen as a failure. Yeah, and I think... The biggest thing for Aberdeen this season would be to put in performances against the big teams, which yeah. they did in the top six, in the top half last mm-hmm. season. They were unbeaten. What was it four, f- three wins, two draws yes. against against the top five? 
I mean, which was kind of unprecedented in <laughs> McInnes's reign. But if they can kind of harness that this season and be, and do it against a Celtic who aren't already on holiday, yeah, that would that, that I think that would go a long way. Even if they didn't finish second, that would yeah, yeah. go a long I think way you're to right. boosting his reputation. If, because obviously they were finishing second, but it wasn't kind of it was a bit of a running joke almost that they couldn't do it against the big teams. Mm. And I think that must have got under some of the fans' skin certainly. But I think get a, a couple of decent cup runs going. Maybe we'll win a trophy. It'll definitely be an improvement on last season. Yep, yeah. undoubtedly. And I guess then that that will be interesting. We've we've kind of mentioned there to see there are the rivals for second place. Rangers are obviously the big the big rivals this year, and they've they've been they? much like Hearts. Well, I guess you'd probably argue. <laughs> no, argue I would. Hips, I would. I would argue that to be fair. Uh, much like Hearts is a bit. They've they've done a, quite a lot of business business Rangers. So. What they they've put in the likes of Conor Goldson, Nikola Katic, Jamie Murphy on a permanent, Scott mm. Arfield. So, I would say that there's been a lot of positive business there. Whether they're all gel together, I think that's that's going to be be the big issue. But obviously, there's the Stephen Gerrard factor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's 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 that. I think that would be really interesting. interesting. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see that. He mm. he's coming in on this kind of wave of euphoria for a lot of Rangers fans. Maybe not some of the more reasonable ones, but the fact is that that. Celtic spent almost twice as you think more yeah more than twice as much, twice yeah. as much on wages as they do mm. they, for him to win the league would basically be a miracle uh, yeah I don't think but that's what he's expected to do I don't I think, think is he expected is, to win the league no I think most most people would expect second place I just think have, with, when he loses he say he loses first two old farm games and they'll be saying I mean when the pre- the pressure will be heaped on him saying why, why are we so far behind mm, and the, the reality is they should be quite far behind but, um, and I think they still will be again. Well, yeah, I, th- I think they'll be close. I think they. Ha- yeah, I think what he's done, though, to be fair to Gerard, he has addressed the major issues. The two centre backs are much, much better than what they had last year. They're much stronger, much, much quicker. Goldson looks a standout in every game he's played. Now, yes, admittedly, it's not been against particularly decent opposition, but he still has looked looked a standout. Potentially a third centre, big centre back on the way in Jake Cooper. Whatever happens there, so. I think the issues are being addressed, and he is doing the right things in terms of going from the back to the front in terms of addressing them. So, which was Rangers' big issue last year because they they were the top goal scorers in the league by not a distance, but, but you know quite comfortably. So, if they can keep a few more out, that will be be an improvement. Against Celtic, who knows? Celtic haven't really signed in, anyone as of yet. Obviously, they got Edward on a permanent mm-hmm. deal. That, that's that's big business. So effectively, it's the same Celtic team. So you think reasonably if Rangers are improving their team, they should then be a wee bit closer to what the Celtic team was at at present, but. We really don't know. We really don't know what how things will how things will go. We will yeah. see. Yeah. In, indeed, indeed, we will see. But I, I would say so far it's been some good business from Rangers. Admittedly, they've looked quite slow and lethargic in the games so far. But it's early, so you don't want to. You can't be too harsh. You'd mm. be, be ridiculous to be very harsh on them at, at present. And they're still waiting on a few players to come in and embed into the side. So yeah, we shall see. But I, I do think it would be very very poor if they went above Aberdeen this season. I think I think. They were closer last season than they were the year before. They were better. They, they, they tend to beat Aberdeen in most games, so there's really no no excuse looking at the squad, looking at the players to not be above Aberdeen. And th- this is Ray Rangers' seventh manager in three and a half years, which mm. is officially their most volatile period mm. in history. So do you think that, as a Rangers fan, do you see this as being Gerrard's going to come in and steady the ship? I think... So there are a lot of positive signs. I think he's brought in a very good backroom staff, like world class coaches. He's, he's brought in, for example, who, you know, were doing extremely well at Liverpool. So I think 
the foundations are there that, that are much more promising than what they were last season with Kashinia, for example, who, you know, unfortunately that was, that was much more of a stab in the dark. At least Gerard, there's a bit of reputation. There's you don't think a, it's a stab in the dark? No. In what, in what sense? At least, at least people have heard, un- well, heard of Gerard. They've, they've heard yeah, of, as a player, they've not heard of him as like really as a manager. Player. Admittedly, but they've also then heard of the coaches he's brought in to support mm-hmm. him. Whereas with Kashinia, it was, you know, guys who basically were coming off the street. So, <laughs> 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 no, that's that's been harsh. But anyway, so I think at least the team supporting him are, are much better than they were last season. I think that's a huge, huge part. I think what people are perhaps not noticing is the, me, the influence of Mark Allen this this season, which. He didn't really have much of a say in what, or, or he hadn't quite fully implemented his uh, thoughts into the, the team last season, hence why they were bringing in guys like Herrera and, and Peña, etc., who, as, as time proved, were a waste of space. Um, so at least a lot of the signings have been Mark Allen driven, and I think that a lot of the business has been as well. So, uh, obviously you're optimistic things, oh I am anyway, I know most, most people won't be. Uh, optimistic things will be a wee bit better, uh, and I think the foundations are there to suggest they will. Mm. People need to be realistic and they need to expect that second will be extremely good. If they could get to yeah. cup final, that'd be good too. But I think possibly most people as a bare minimum would want at least a win or at least a draw against Celtic. You can't lose every game against Celtic this season, regardless of how far ahead they are because, you know, even teams like Hearts have beaten Celtic last season. So they are, yeah. they, they, they are, they are, they are beatable. And that's, that's yeah. what I think Rangers need to as a bare moment, we'd need at least a, a proper performance against Yeah, him. I think that's why, from Gerard's point of view, it's a good job to take. He was kind of always like, what's Gerard doing coming up to Scotland? But obviously, winning the league is not seen as a realistic target. Mm. Isn't the, it? I don't I think don't it's... I, 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 don't, I think Jack's a very reasonable Rangers fan. I don't think okay, fine. Rangers fans are known. Okay, let's let's put it from the reasonable... Okay, from the reasonable Rangers fans' point of view, and just in Scottish football fans in general aren't seeing Rangers come in and challenge Celtic for the league but if he can kind of secure second spot and like you say maybe get a, even just like a kind of a win or a really good performance against Celtic he'll be able to spin that as he's done a fantastic job and it's going to be hard like hard for him to do worse than Kashinia. realistically he will probably will finish second and he'll be able to spin that as well as he likes yeah, yeah well. move on to bigger and better things <laughs> on to Celtic <laughs> <laughs> I hope you mean in terms of transfer. Possibly. <laughs> yes, let's let's because time is time is moving on. Let's let's just briefly talk about Celtic. As I say, they've been quite quiet in the window so far. However, <laughs> they have smashed their record and they've signed Edward on a permanent for just over nine million pounds. I think that's is that the number that's been bandied around? Yeah, 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 seems to be the kind of official number. I think that's an excellent bit of business because he was it was very good last season, and it does set them up. There's not been much chat, but if they do end up losing Dembele, which it's probably still simmering in the background, they, they're well. Well, well, well set if he if he does go. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, overall Celtic they, they don't have much improvement to make. Possibly many of their fans would be questioning why they haven't done more business, given that they have a squad which, as we've we've said, will storm away with the title. Or they should do it anyway. They should be very comfortable in Scotland. But then Europe's going to be the big thing. Yeah, they don't have a squad which is any better or any better placed for doing doing well in Europe this season and they have a tough, tough run to get to Europe I mean, Rosenberg, for example, are not going to be an easy no. and we'll get on to teams in Europe soon, but they're not going to be easy, an easy challenge no. either, so yeah, I think domestically good business for Celtic so far Co- on the continent I, I, I don't think their business has been great, to be honest mm. I, Edward, fine um, c- 
could the arguments to where that was really necessary. If, if that don't, I don't know what their budget is to be honest, but if, if that outlay was necessary on a striker, I don't know. But I think right back is their biggest problem, mm. and I also don't think Craig Gordon. I, I this might not be possible, but I, just, I don't think he's up to European standard at all. I think in short, short, he's a decent shot stopper, but I think anything else, I'm a bit worried to be honest if I'm a Celtic fan. Um, but especially Lustig, I think mm. Lustig's really slowed down last year. No, I just and, I and they had they had a, a right back on trial, didn't they? But I haven't heard anything since. Mm. Um, but I, I think that's especially in the system Rogers plays, where the, the fullbacks stretch the game for them. I think that's really really important, and I think they're a bit lopsided now with Tierney yeah. bombing down that side, and Lustig kind of ambling around the other. Yeah, no, I, I actually completely agree with that. That's that's a good point because Lustig is, and was noticeably poor for a lot, a lot of last season. Like he was, he was always a a man you could get at if you had a bit of pace on the left hand side, and I think that's that's going to be amplified this season as well. So, yeah, that that that's probably a fair point. Possibly centre back as well. They could do within our body, but then. Again, the centre backs they have now are, are still more than good enough for winning Scotland, the league. Yeah. But it's yeah. what their ambitions are. If Celtic... I think I, re- I really really like Ayer. Mm, Ayer, maybe yeah. maybe yeah. not. Uh, but I think he. Had, I think in a, a market where ball playing centre backs are are now going for you know if they're good they're going for sixty million. I don't think it'll be long before he is if he if he avoids injury and he 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 stays in the path he's. He's on. I don't think it'll be long before he's going for really big money. Even because he, I, I think he is good, but sometimes I don't think you even have to be brilliant. But if you're a ball playing centre back, that's very fashionable. Yeah. Like I'd, John Stones is maybe. I mean, he had, obviously John Stones improved a lot, but when he first went to Man City, he was not. This that was the first time in football in history that he would have been bought for a team at the top of the league. But that is that is quite fashionable now. Because, yeah. And because I mean, there's a reason for it. That's. It helps you play good football, but yeah. I think he's he he'll be maybe the biggest star in years to come. Yeah, no, I, mm, I don't have any that. any disagreement there. So yeah, and they've lost lost Armstrong. Yeah. That, that's a, a bit of a blow, but I don't think he'd been particularly sure. he good he last season. Played much for them last season. Set to get seven million for him is I think that's, your hand yeah, off. Yeah, I think they've done good business there. Yeah, but well, just last point. Mm-hmm. I'm. I, I, I agree that last season one is, wasn't his best, but I think when Celtic were at their best under Rodgers was when Armstrong was at his best. He was really dynamic and like he really played vertically. You know, was really direct when he was playing well. And I just and Cham is probably the player who's kind of taken his spot. But I think in the bigger games, I think he needs to do a lot better. Like the whole like all of the Celtic team in Europe. But when he was at Genoa in Italy, I think it was Genoa. He was. He was known for kind of tactical discipline, and that's why he did, they, they didn't really fancy him there. And I think if Rodgers is going to get the best out of him, he's going to need to be far more disciplined than he has been in the past, and maybe offer a bit more going forward as well. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see. So mm. don't, don't know our conclusion we'll in Celtic's yeah. business there, mm. but I think we think it's okay. Uh, let's just look at some other standouts of, of standout business from this the summer so far. Uh, on my notes, I have. Connor Salmon question mark <laughs> who wants to get involved in the Connor Salmon chat I've seen people say that he fits in with Motherwell's kind of mus- muscular style but that's a very, as, as very, him very, and Curtis May up front it's yeah. a very generous could way they to play together it. I think uh, I, whenever I've seen Connor Salmon which quite a lot in the past he's always struck me as Probably one of much. the most timid strikers in the league he's re- like for a big guy 
he really it really lacks aggression mm. but he's good he he's he can, what he can do is run on to through balls and side foot them into corners and occasional periods in his career which is earned a million pounds uh, but <laughs> to, to describe him as some kind of battering ram up with Curtis Bain I think is quite funny and I don't I just can't that, that my old team is probably the most physical in the league mm. and I don't know how I mean I think he'd be scared to like ask for the ball from Curtis Bain to be fair I'd be scared to ask for the yeah. ball from Curtis but, Bain but, but he's a guy who when he's on form can finish off moves quite well mm. I mean that's what he can do I don't think he can do much else but he can do that if the ball's on the ground he's rubbish in the air as well They've also signed the guy Alex Rodriguez Goran, the Sp- Spanish midfielder. I think that who's been described. Uh, he was he was at Sunderland as a youth player, Jack. I'm sure you know. I'm sure you remember him well. Yeah, I've watched all his tapes. <laughs> he's, he's got quite a, a funny career path because he's he came through at Sunderland, but he's since played in New Zealand, Portugal, and Romania, which is quite interesting. Um, but he's he's described as like a ball playing central midfielder, which will be interesting to hear that works again at Motherwell. Is this yeah. like is this Robinson trying to change the style? I don't know. Can he play a thirty but, yard punt into the box? That's, that's what we yeah. need to know. It'll be interesting. And they've also signed Aaron Taylor Sinclair to replace Lee Hendry at left back. But mm. he was he was on loan, wasn't he? He was always he yeah. yeah. Hendry, Hendry didn't really kind of recapture his form, but that's what they'll be hoping. Taylor Sinclair does because he was a guy that came up with Partick Thistle a few years ago, oh, yeah. and he was linked with Celtic and he he was um, earmarked for big things. But he's gone down south and he's not he's not really cut it. I'm assuming if he's coming back up, um, but, more, more but well, hopefully he kind of re-energizes himself. Yes, in, indeed. And I guess perhaps just to stick with the theme of strikers who we're actually very unsure about, Tony Watt to St Johnson. That's that's an interesting one. I think it's, it's it's obviously a player that's living off one goal he scored like ten years ago. But was it that long ago? Something like no, six not, years I know, ago? It wasn't that long ago. I'm being facetious, but yeah, that that, that that's an interesting one because we do know Tony Watt does have ability, he does have talent. The last four clubs, he's scored a total of five goals, which doesn't great. One in sixteen for Hearts. He scored in his debut there. Uh, he actually day, scored. You know, he he scored like three for Hearts. I don't think they count. One in league. One in league. Yeah. One in league. Oh. But so yeah, one in the league then. Not great, is it? No, it's, I hope it's, it's that not he's another guy. It'd be great if he could come back and yeah, yeah. And I think the good thing is in Johnson, there's not really any real, any real pressure there. Whereas Hart, he's replacing like Stephen club. McLean, isn't he? So, <laughs> so if he scores five goals this season, he's done his job. Yeah. Yeah. He's only twenty. Yeah, he's only twenty-four as well. So, so he's still got plenty yeah. of time on his hands as well. So here's here's hoping he, he, he does. Um, other standouts, I guess. We'll stick we'll stick to the theme of strikers who we're unsure about. <laughs> Kenny Miller has gone to Livingston and made himself player manager slash captain. So, <laughs> how many uh, goals do we think Kenny Miller will score this season? No, but that, in all seriousness, Kenny Miller is about to form my second most hotly anticipated strike partnership of the SPFL this season. Okay, tell me. I'll reveal the other one later on, but this one. <laughs> oh, can't let the classic little and large with Kenny Miller captain manager alongside Lee Miller. Lee Miller. Oh, the Miller squared. There you go. Miller squared up front. I mean, imagine how many goals they will not score. It could be spectacular. I mean, because Kenny Miller will just end up dropping into midfield and then playing like defensive yeah. mids. What the? Uh, He's do it all himself. Is, yeah, player, all. captain, manager, goalkeeper, midfielder, chairman. striker. But it is interesting because because Livingston came up with a really direct style I mean yeah. the, the manager uh, David, I don't know what ha- David Hopkins refused the contract and he's away mm. but, but I don't know what happened there but um, but they got up with a really direct 
hard running style that worked really well for them. But Kenny Mallis come in and said he wants the players to pass the ball a bit more. Was I think it was a quote. Well, that was B Miller describing the new style. Which can I say it's alarm bells ringing yeah. to be honest because I don't think they're bringing in the type of players that will that will suit and um, because you know you can do it in the SPL or the uh, the Premiership. I mean, Kenny Shields managed to do it. Kelly with no with no money, you can bring in these players on on loan or wow. for free. There are these players around, but I just don't think Livingston have got them at the moment. First, I didn't uh, think Kenny Shields would get name dropped in this podcast today. No, but there but you, you go. You, you, you um, I, I agree, actually. I think it's very difficult for Livingston to try and transform their style over a very short summer, a very short transfer window, a very short pre-season, to change their whole style, which was successful, given they don't really have the players by default to play. And they don't really have a manager football. that knows what he's doing. No, well, we don't sense. know yet. We well, can, we give Gerard the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so they, could, they could win the league, who knows? But <laughs> okay. Yeah, you do you do worry for Livingston, I think, this yeah, season. I mean, it it seems, which you were going to beforehand, but now they have the inexperienced manager. With. I mean, it seems like the kind of fashionable thing if you're coming into a new team, like his first job to kind of go, right, we're going to try and play a bit of football, when maybe you want to be a bit more pragmatic and just mm-hmm. say, look, do what brought us to the dance in the first place, just get the ball in the box. Yep. I thought, I'd, yeah, we'll see how much they actually stick to yeah. that as well. I, I feel like the, the first 10 games delight, of the season. They'd be delighted to score with an own goal from a corner in the first game and defend their own box. For, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when Kenny Miller realises he hadn't touched the ball in three games, he might just go yeah. lump it towards me. Yeah, and but they have to, I mean, Craig Sibbald from Falkirk seems like Always a good, a good, player. A good Always a good player. Uh, Ryan Hardy on loan from Rangers could do okay Hard, yeah Hardy's an interest briefly he's a very interesting one because he always does very well in the championship but I, when he's ever played when he's played for Rangers he always looks like he's not physically adept enough he looks he looks quite quite weak I guess for want of a better word so it'll be interesting to see how he does in the, the Premiership this season because he, he clearly can finish he clearly is a, there is a player there but he's, he's, he's still he's still still growing so I think that that'll be an interesting one that, that's a bit of a, a, a gamble but yeah, no, Liam Kelly from Rangers as well is again a solid goalkeeper. So they've they've got a, a decent enough enough team. They've got a team which you don't expect. You know they're not going to be completely adrift. I don't think. I think they will be there with your, the likes of, and we're going to write them off like everyone does at the start of the season. The likes of your Hamiltons, etc. Yeah. So they, they they will be in in that kind of kind of mix. So, but you do you do have worries for them. I think I do fear for them to be honest. Yeah. Right. They would be. We'll get into tips later, but they would be probably my tip to go down. But yeah, anyway, we'll get we'll get into them later. Um, I think that's kind of it in terms of the, the major business for this for the for the window. I would like to just kind of add that I think St Mirren have done a lot of good business. They they need a striker, but Coulson looks a very good player at left back. As as does um, Kibikawa. At I apologize if I'm not saying that name correctly, but the, the centre back looks looks extremely good too. So I think I think they have done some good business. So. I think getting uh, Alan Stubbs in for them was a good bit of business as well. Mm. From a selfish point of view, I was quite sad to see Alan Stubbs go to another Scottish team. It just won't feel right mm. not wishing him to do well from a Hibs point of view. But he's coming, you'll, you'll, if it's time at Hibs taught us anything, he will play the same way as Jack Ross. It won't be a complete upheaval in the yeah. same sense as a Livingston where they're going to maybe try and play completely different football. So that's why I think they'll do better than... Yeah. Uh, I think uh, they'll do better than Livingston. I think he was the key... The key appointment for St Mirren this season. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You could even see in the Kilmarnock game they were playing the same kind of football they, they always have done. We missed out Kelly losing uh, ten on ten to Shibaro. Obviously, one of their favourite Zimbabwean players. Hmm. After eighteen games, he's, he's, uh, he's away. Yeah, I didn't um, want to talk about that because I was quite gutted about it. I, I thought. 
I was kind of hoping he could sweep that under the carpet. I, did, we, I mean, he he really did pass through Kelly <laughs> without note. It, almost nobody noted him, but... Um, I, can't, I can't even, like, picture him, to be honest. No, I literally know nothing. Is he the striker who plays the golf master? He's kind of player, you know, that sometimes uh, goes unnoticed a bit, like, you know, Canty or Deschamps, you know. Oh, yeah, they're, they're exactly Every, every team needs these guys, you know. Um, and good luck to him on his professional career now that he's got one after lying about playing for Kelly <laughs> why would you lie about playing for Kelly you probably could have got a game <laughs> but if you if you just if you'd uh, asked Lee McCulloch he, he, he probably would have got a game. he wasn't, he wasn't uh, Lee McCulloch's mate so I don't think he would have got a game that's a shame, yeah. that's a shame. <laughs> if he'd been mates he would have definitely played and while we're on Kelly signs we should say a word for Ross Mellon who's come on after being on trial and Kelly you I mean, Queen's Park fans apparently rate him well. Um, well, I mean, I, I've seen him a couple of times and I thought he looked okay, so that's 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 my my key, my worth, no, worth noting. He's the under twenties, under twenties coach's son, Andy Millen. So yeah, not not the guy. There's no, yeah. there's no causality or anything there. I'm just saying it's an interesting fact. Mm. We love facts in this podcast. We <laughs> absolutely <laughs> let's. Let's move on and we'll start talking about Scottish teams in Europe. Yeah. So welcome back to part two. Now I know I didn't introduce this as part two, but that's what I'm going with here. And we're going to look at Scottish teams in Europe because as everyone knows, our teams now start Europe when the World Cup is still on. So <laughs> oh, pretty, pretty much anyway. It was. The World Cup was still on. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've been playing in Europe for forever it seems so obviously in the Europa League we have Rangers we have Hibs who've gone through the first qualifying round we'll talk about them in a wee second and we have Aberdeen who have the exciting trip well firstly they welcome them but the exciting trip to Burnley coming up and then we also have Celtic in the Champions League as well so yes Rangers and Hibs both going through fairly comfortably comfortably yes well I I, I don't know I think maybe 2-0 down in that way leg you were maybe a wee bit worried I was, I was, we were 6-3 down on aggregate I was hoping that the Hibsing was on but unfortunately it, it wasn't but yeah no no over the piece quite comfortable for Hibs you won't you know. yeah it was absolutely I mean it's another one of those games where you're not really sure exactly how you, much to take from it because it was essentially a pre-season game mm. no idea what to expect from this team going in and they were well they were a pub, essentially a pub team to be honest they were they offered nothing but on the positive side Martin Boyle looks to have picked up exactly where he, he finished last season looks to have finally started delivering on his kind of potential and starting to get some decent crosses in which has been always been the big question mark about him Stevie Mallon was the standout yep. Flo Camberry's well got a hat trick I mean five goals from your two new signings in the first game was fantastic obviously the defending in the second game leaves much to be desired but it was out, we were without Paul Hanlon Darren McGregor it was a makeshift back three experimental Yeah. obviously didn't work but we'll just move on we'll, it'll be a much tougher test next week the FA Ambrose own goal was probably the the finest moment of Scottish football this season so far. Like I, I would be surprised mm. if anything can top it because it was excellent. Oh, you'll be <laughs> maybe another F. A. Ambrose own goal. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Scottish football. Yeah, no, Tram probably, you know, being unjust. But yeah, no, he had, he had absolutely no reason to get involved in that goal. But he's still <laughs> a good finish. I think it's safe to say. But yeah, no. So Hibs are obviously going to be facing Tripoli from Greece, which is going to yeah. be yeah, that, that will a be a tough, tough, very tough one. Tough, tough tie. I maybe I'm just being a bit pessimistic, but I think. If we do get through it, it'll be an absolutely really good mm. achievement. I mean, this team, I was doing a wee bit of research, finished fifth in Greece last season, 
they've uh, been in the group stages of the Europa League a few times in the last few years, so they'll know what they're all. They'll know what they're doing. Hibs will be the underdogs, but you never know. If we can sort out the defence, we've got plenty to score goals. We will score goals. We'll create chances. It's just if we can stop the other team scoring, which will be the big issue. Yeah, we've got the first leg at Easter Road on Thursday. A clean sheet in that game would be absolutely mm. massive. I wouldn't fancy us having to go to Greece needing a result. I think if we can take something there, we have a chance, but it'll be a tough one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, though. No, it should be exciting. Exactly. And even in many ways, it's also already success for Hibs because it's the first time since 1982 or 89 or something like that that they're, they're playing more than just the one the one tie in Europe. So it is... Well, maybe. It is in many ways. It's 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 a big success already. Like I said we usually get very unlucky with the teams we've had to face. Like, uh, we got battered like by Malmo, but then <laughs> they were in the Champions League within a couple of years. So you have to give them. They knocked Celtic out as well, didn't they? Yeah, the did yeah. yeah. And like Maribor as well. They were kind of been in the Europa League, so mm-hmm. we have been unlucky. Probably should have beaten Brondby, I think, perhaps. Well, we should have in the yeah. sense that we were better than them. Yeah. On paper, they were all third in the D- the Danish league as well, so mm. they were favourites going in. We. Did do really well and lost on penalties. What can you do? But, mm. yeah. uh, it can happen. It can happen, yeah. can't it? But yes, no, so you've, you've got Hibs who... We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, that one it could go either way. But Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, quietly pessimistic. That's my yes, outlook. <laughs> that's my outlook on life. <laughs> um, then we have a Rangers who are playing... Good luck. I don't even... I don't think I can pronounce the name. <laughs> Ozzy Jek? Ozzy Jek from... Zizek from I Croatia. I, I apologies, yeah. I've probably butchered that name, but you will know who I'm talking about. That's going to be a difficult tie as well. I think I've, I've sp- spoken to a few people who are expecting a, a victory, but Croatia teams are, are good. They, they tend to be very good. Like They tend to be very solid in Europe as well, and at least at the, this stage. So, you know, we literally do not know what to expect from this team. I'd be surprised if any Rangers fan could name one of their players. So, who knows how good they are or, or not. So, that's going to be a difficult difficult tie as well. I would say Rangers probably have a slightly better chance than Hibs just in, by the fact that they have slightly better players, arguably. Uh, arguably. Uh, arguably, they're up against a slightly tougher team as well. So yeah, I was, again, yeah. I was looking them up as well. They beat PSV and uh, Rapid v- uh, yeah, it was a Rapid Vienna last mm-hmm. season in the qualifiers. They were unlucky not to get to group stage. Yeah, right? lost on uh, away goals. So mm-hmm. they're obviously, they've got a bit about them. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's why I think that that's going to be a, an extremely tough tie. It's, it's arguably for all three Scottish teams, it's, it's been a tough draw, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has been quite unfortunate, particularly at this, this stage. You'd hope the tough draw doesn't come to the third round, but that's where we're at, unfortunately. Yeah. So... It's hard. The Rangers are away, away first, so if they, as long as they're still in the tie, yeah, I think that's a benefit. Getting the away leg, yeah. hopefully out the way, come back with. Even if it's a one 0 defeat, yeah, exactly. Like, you're, still, you're still in the tie. That's yeah, keep yourself in the tie. Get them back to high rocks. It'll mm-hmm. be rocking, I'm sure. Yeah, ex- exactly. It'll be undoubtedly it'll be full. So that that's going to be interesting. I, I think the main thing is that Rangers need to will hopefully be a wee bit fitter. Then the good thing is they'll have. Um, some of the, the, the boys have brought in loans to Koulibaly, for example, will now be in the squad, so the midfield should hopefully be a wee bit better, a wee bit quicker, a wee bit sharper, which was a big big issue. Yeah. I do have concerns about the, the kind of the, the, the lineup, sorry, the lineup they're playing. I, I have concerns about playing Murphy, uh, Windass on the right hand side, sorry, and Candace in centre mid, because I think that's a bit pointless because Candace is so effective on the right hand yeah. side, I think you're, you're stifling him by putting him there. 
Windass is generally useless yeah. on the line. He, he is that a new thing? Sorry, uh, but Candias had one of the best uh, expected assist ratings in the mm. league last season. I think, the mo- I think he ended yeah. with the most assistant. Yeah, so. I mean, he was, he's really, he has a kind of old-fashioned outside, right? That's like yeah. cliche exactly. itself, is, this, is this a Gerrard thing you tried to introduce? It is, yes, and I, I don't quite understand the reasoning behind yeah. it. I would assume... Because, as I say, though, it's not like Rangers are struggling for central midfielders. They have about a million of them. <laughs> I mean, is it maybe to cover um, Tavernier? Is what, is what but even, but even, no, because that, that's one of Candace's strengths, was his tracking back with Tavernier. They had yeah. such a good relationship last season. So I, I, I just I don't understand it at all. Gerard would, out. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> my, my only... The only reasoning I can think of is because Candace has a good engine so maybe they want a mid- midfield for that work rate but again you have again it's not like they're struggling for midfielders with, with good engines so I don't I don't get it so I, I would w- hope Candace is back on the right hand side but I, I, would, I don't expect it so that could, that could be a worry. On the left hand side just a wee quick side note as well I think Flanagan and yes there are many reasons why Rangers probably shouldn't have signed him but we won't get into that because it's a football podcast here Um Flanagan on the left-hand side with him and Murphy both cutting in they have absolutely no width and no balance on that left-hand side we don't have a left-footed player playing in the team at the moment so that's that's a, a big issue so I, I personally would rather Declan John plays there although Flanagan is better defensively so it's kind of weighing up the two the two factors do you want more more width or do you want someone who can actually defend so yeah we'll see there, there are there are some concerns there are some positives so we'll, we'll literally we'll see which is what we yeah. said about every single thing we've talked about so far in this podcast uh, lastly we have Aberdeen against Burnley which in many ways is the kind of the glamour tie the glamour tie the, the battle of Britain so we'll see we'll see how that goes uh, unfortunately it's a tough tie we've, we've touched on yeah. a wee bit it's a very tough tie Burnley are a very good side yeah. they, they battered Rangers off the park uh, two seasons ago they came up and battered Rangers off the park and they're probably a bit better now Burnley mm. so who didn't batter Rangers off the park two seasons mm. ago that's an our question. I think uh, Burnley are. I mean, that's Derek McInnes's dream, isn't it? That is, if he could build a side, it would be that <laughs> Burnley side, wouldn't it? I mean, to get fit seventh in the Premier League, with I mean, way uh, exceeded their wage expenditure and with a style of foot. I mean, and it also they almost exclusively sign British players. Mm. As you know, Derek McInnes must be. I, me- I remember. Yeah. It's gonna be starstruck. But yeah, it was like <laughs> when Brian Clough was at Derby, he was he was uh, famously was starstruck when Don Revy's Leeds came. That was his dream to meet this manager, and he set out, you know, in the damage night, he sets out the the table just right, and he's putting he's folding the kits in the dressing room himself for the Leeds team. I mean, I imagine that's what Derek McInnes is doing yeah. for, for Burnley. <laughs> you know, he's. He's got uh, James Tarkowski's shorts ironed and folded <laughs> in the dressing room. But no, and us use that is what they're, that is, a, you know, a streamlined version of Aberdeen and a much better version of Aberdeen. Oh yeah, yeah. they've got, they've got some very very good players. Which you can't you under, underestimate. And Aberdeen need more players. So that as we said, they don't, they don't yeah. have a striker. So uh, yeah, and I'm also worried about yeah the fullbacks. They haven't addressed again, in my mm. opinion, unless Shinny goes back in the left back. I think Logan slowed down again. I, I just, where they, yeah. yeah, they look as we've said, they look possibly worse than they did last season. Aberdeen. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be a very, very difficult tie. Well, that a lot of the English teams, the uh, at this stage in the Europa League, have traditionally teams that finished sixth, seventh in the Premier League have 
just not just cared. They've not yeah. cared. But, but Sean Dyche does seem to, he he generally did. And although he was kind of kind of turning tongue in cheek comments about the European dreams coming true with a trip to Aberdeen, that, that I think it seems like they yeah. yeah I think it's a massive game for, for Burnley. It's not like they're used to. It. I don't think Burnley have yeah. any fifty-one years since last time they were any in delusions of grandeur either. Which so I think it, this is a very even tie in those respects mm-hmm. whereas you say for example I remember it always sticks out with West Ham yeah. when they appointed Slavin Bilic like he didn't even bother turning up for the first leg like what's, what's the point of that <laughs> again say that and uh, an Andorran team if I remember correctly so. Stoke Tony Pulis uh, played a reserve team away to Valencia when they did get in the uh, the group stages uh, because he wanted to get to 40 points in the Premier League I mean Stoke fans paid to go out to Valencia for a big party and it was you know it's embarrassing Stoke Dean, won the Dean group win. stages yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. I think they got through, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, yeah they were in the group stage, and it, and it was like Dean Whitehead playing at the Mestaya. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's the football I want to see. But yeah, no, European I, football <laughs> can't beat it. I think it's it, unfortunately it is going to be tough. Aberdeen, I think, are doomed, and also do not want to watch either of the legs. Not, I mean, I just. I think it'll be quite good fun. There'll be good atmosphere, certainly at Yeah, that's it'll be interesting. It'll you be have to go in. You can't go into it with the mindset that you're going to see entertaining football, but you have to. You could, well, you could see entertaining football. It won't be True. quality football. That's, potentially. Yeah. Exactly. It could be very. Yeah, it's going to be some attritional. Like it's, yeah, attritional. I'll be it. That's exactly. It. Yeah, I'm going to watch them. I'm not going to be snobby. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they'll go out. Yeah, I, I, I would be shocked if they go through. Yeah. I, I just think, can't see where the goals are going to come from. I think all three teams are in big trouble. To be honest, but I really hope one goes through. It, it, yeah, <clears throat> if one of them could go through, I think that would be an achievement. Yeah, but I mean, it's already an achievement in many ways because we have two teams getting through the first round mm-hmm. for the first time in a couple mm. of years. So that's we're already looking a bit better coefficient-wise. But yeah, I, Aberdeen, I would say are doomed. Hibs. I wouldn't say. Well, I don't think they'll win. But I don't think doomed's a bit harsh. I still give them a fighting chance, but I think they'll come up short. Yeah, that that, that that's fair. In fact, I probably put. Like, you could easily say that about all three teams. Yeah. Fighting chance, they'll all come up short. Heroic defeats. Yeah, the only team I'm quite worried about is Hibs. Potentially, I'm just worried about their goal, conceding goals. I know that Mm. was a makeshift defence, but at the end of last season, it just seems so un-Neil Lennon-like from his time at Celtic. I mean, their success, Celtic's success when he was there was not conceding too many goals. I mean, yeah, I mean, that Rangers game was just bizarre. The Killy game, I mean... Killy, I, I like I rate Kilmarnock going forward, and obviously when Chris Boyd whacks one in off the junction for thirty-five yeah. yards, there's very little you can do about that. But as long as you score five every game, you're not going to lose many. Well, you are if you concede five, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going away goals five-five on aggregate. So we're saying, just just so we're clear, we're saying Aberdeen out. <laughs> yes. Hibs. Go on, I'll say through just to be. I I, ho- I yeah I like Hibs. I hope they go through. And Rangers. Out would be very funny. <laughs> I'll see through then. <laughs> yeah, I think the crazy. Yeah, I think they. I think they're in trouble as well. I think, I think yeah, crazy teams are good. I'll no, see through no, as well. No, it's gonna be. It's gonna be difficult. I may have come to. I do. Yeah, but you never know. That I mean, we are saying the Scottish teams aren't quite ready yet. Presumably, the Croatian teams and the Greek Greek teams are also yeah, not fully they're... fit. So you never know. Hopefully, the Croatians could still be. Uh... Party and hopefully, they're still steaming yeah. exactly. Like <laughs> I don't want to use the word steaming on the podcast, but that's the word we're using. So, yeah, th- that's the Europa League, and we're clearly not very confident that any of our teams are going to go through. In the Champions League, we have our one representative who are always there at Celtic, and they're playing familiar foes. It's Rosenborg, who they obviously went through last year after a very, very good one uh, a one week performance where they won 1 0 away. 
how do we think they're going to go in this season? I, th- I think they'll do alright. Before we get told off for being too negative about Scottish football, I think Celtic will do. I think they'll beat Rosenberg. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I can't say I've seen too much of Rosenberg again. I, feel, I, I didn't realise how ignorant I was until I came on the podcast. But, um, you mean you so don't watch the Danish league every single week? Well, they're Norwegian. They're Norwegian, I. Yes, I know my joke. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. You don't watch the Norwegian league every week, Angus? No, but I do I do watch the Scottish one and um Celtic's big problem in Europe in my opinion is the I mean it's been they've been in Barcelona's group twice like that's in the last two years so that's fair enough but they're conceding far too many goals they've conceded they've been the the biggest conceders two years in a row in the Champions League group stages and you know back when we're talking about Lennon's time there they 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 were obviously Playing the percentages, they were lucky to beat Barcelona, but that's but they gave themselves more of a chance yeah. by by playing mm. that way, really defensively. And again, that probably yeah. goes back to the point that the players they have are more than good enough for Scotland, but yeah, not. and it, it is a system but thing as well, I think. I but think, yeah, I think they've been sold a bit short though in Europe with the I think Rogers is keen to play a more expansive style than Lennon did, but in doing that, they're really open, but also not offering too much of a threat it's a, it's a terrible balance really I mean the Zenit St Petersburg at home game it kind of came together but then they were they hadn't played in weeks so you don't really know so yeah. they made, they kind of cobbled together two alright performances and the they did play well proper. against and Bayern Munich in the home game they lost 2-1 in the end but yeah. they were they were a bit unfortunate that game you could kind of see something you could kind of see what they were trying to do in that game and it almost came off but the two PSG games last season they were absolutely blown away mm. But obviously Rosenberg are nowhere near that level, yeah, so they, we don't have to worry about they've that. Got, they've got to get to the group stage yeah, before we start worrying about that. Rosenberg are Nicholas Bettner's their their star man, so mm. reading that what you will. But yeah. again, what they Rosenberg have in their favour over Celtic is they're in the middle of their season, mm-hmm. so they are, I believe, currently on a break, which again might help with freshness. But summer break, yeah, summer break. So it's going to be a tough tie. The the way are they. Not fortunate, that's the wrong word, but it was a very close yeah. close match last season, which could have gone either way, so you'd, you'd feel it could go either way again this year. Obviously, having the home leg first is going to be an advantage to Celtic if they can get you know, a fairly comfortable lead. Hopefully they could then hold it going away. So yeah, it's 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 going to be a tight game, I think, much like last season. I think it's about... Cons- yeah, I think it'll come down to their defence. Mm. Th- um, I wouldn't be surprised if he conceded a silly I mean, Simonovic is going to be banned for the first leg at least, so... Yeah, yeah, they're going to be short on defensive options. Lustig Boyata. and Boyata are still kind of so time off post-World yeah, Cup. So is I, it Hendry and I? Hendry and I, I think, are the which ones. Which worries me a wee Hendry's bit. Not, yeah. I don't particularly rate Hendry at all either, no. so... <sighs> it's going to be difficult. I, I think Celtic, of all the teams, have the best chance. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, they, I think they'll get through it. I think... They have to be careful not to be their own worst enemies, like you said. Not give away a silly goal, a, way, a silly away goal in particular. Mm-hmm. And they'll have with Edward and is Lee Griffiths fit at all? No, he's not fit. Okay. I mean, well, the interesting screwed. thing is Celtic have been. It was him that scored last season against them, wasn't it? No, Forrest. Celtic have been playing quite an interesting formation, like a three-five-two of Edward and Dembele up front together in their their, their matches so far. So I think that that is quite interesting because if they could form some sort of partnership, the two of them are very good players, quite similar, but good players who are who. Have proven themselves, at, you know, a good level. So that will be interesting. I would ex- would be shocked to say to don't score at least a couple goals in the first leg. Actually, yeah. would be my my cautious prediction. So I I think Celtic will win two 0 at home in the first leg and then get through from there. 
I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, two or three nil in the first leg. Comfortable. See it out. And then they end up losing one nil. I think we'll be far more nervy. Do you? But, uh, yeah. I, I think it will be nervy overall, but I think I think we could possibly. I hope they do it though. Yeah, you're just hoping. So yeah, our, we're not very confident about teams in Europe. We think we'll get at least one through though. So if we get. Well, we've got no reason in recent seasons to be optimistic. No, about exactly. And, and as you say, the Europa League is a, a tough draw for all three teams. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't. I hate saying this, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, that's all we can. Do. It's just wild speculation at this yeah, point. Yeah, we literally we literally have no idea. Like we're in that kind of beautiful pre-season time when everyone is optimistic about the season and no one's had the crushing realisation mm. that their signings are all rubbish and that they're going to be struggling at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, we all think Canberra's going to be top goal scorer than he was in League One. Exactly. <laughs> Career-ending injuries after yeah. week one. So, uh, we, we Defenders only, that can't defend. Exactly. We, we only hope that at least one, if not two of our teams can get through. That, that I would, Two teams getting through would be a huge success, I would say, regardless of the, the makeup of the two teams. Mm-hmm. So, we shall... In part three, we shall go from Europe and we shall look more close to home as we talk about the Betfred Cup so far and what you may have missed. Welcome back to part three, listener, and we are now going to, as I say, look at the Betfred Cup. Specifically, we're going to look further down the leagues and look at the championship teams and their success or otherwise. I'm sure you know the Betfred Cup is happening. You may, it does kind of sneak up on you, but there's been some, some interesting results so far. I would probably say we should start at Dundee United, who again look like they're about to implode at any given minute, losing a uh, losing the bonus point to Arbroath at home on penalties in the first first game, and then losing away to Ross County is not particularly <laughs> not particularly great. That's before we even talk about their social media videos. So. Yeah, the Championship, the Betfred Cup, is going to be very interesting. We have a lot of good teams into the Championship. Dundee United, as we say, Ross County, Partick Thistle, both dropping down. Even the teams that were there last season, Dunfermline and Vaness, it's going to be... Going Falkirk to be a, as well, though. Falkirk. Every yeah. team is strong in that league. Like even even Alwa, they're part-time, but they still are. They're no mugs, so it's going to be... That's going to be a very exciting league, I think. I mean, before a ball's kicked, I imagine... You can maybe correct me if you're wrong from an Alwa point of view... I imagine just about every team in that league will have aspirations of making the playoffs now. I wouldn't say that's probably unfair, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. Air, mate. I think Air, Air would probably be happy. Looking down. Yeah, okay. but yeah. Well, that's yeah, the thing because but, everyone will be looking up, but after a few games in the season, everyone's going to start looking back over their shoulders and that okay. as well. It's just. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Air, yeah. Air have kept Lawrence Shankland, which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he scored 29 goals last season. But. He says he knows he'll score goals in the championship, which is good because uh, last time that's, last that's good that he knows. <laughs> last time last year, was, he was uh, going into DW Sports and buying himself a football so he can kick it around in a park by himself after being released by Aberdeen. So right? I really hope he does well because that'd be nice. But he's he struggled a bit at, at the higher levels before, but mm. he's he's now had a season like last season, so there's no reason to write him off. But again, that's why it had said off air last night behind the scenes that AR their big strength was scoring goals last season. They're not going to score as many goals against predominantly full-time, well-organised teams. So that would be where you would worry for the United would be not not scoring as many. So as a as a result of that, they're going to have to be better defensively. So yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be a, a very interesting league because even if you looked at it, the the battle, for the race of the playoffs last season was extremely close. There was, <laughs> What, maybe six, seven teams that potentially could have gone into the playoffs. Yep. And the teams that weren't, like the kind of your Falkirk who struggled at mm. the start of last season, 
they'll improve this season, you would imagine. Paul Hartley got his first preseason. I mean, yeah, because I mean, when Paul Hartley was at Dundee, I actually really, I really, really liked it first at the start. I thought they played really, really good football. Actually, and they were one of the best teams that looked really well coached at first when you know when Greg Stewart was helps that Greg Stewart was pinging in goals from like 30 <laughs> yards but they they really looked like they knew what they were doing which was kind of unusual mm-hmm. um, in that sense and playing intricate passing football but uh, so I hope that he's managed to instill some of that but it's a more limited team again so yeah. mm. he'll have to do a Kenny Shields <laughs> Name drop twice. I, mean, I feel like in that division you could just literally hit randomise on the table and whatever way it came out you could probably yeah, make yeah, a yeah. Oh, that looks about I right. Think, I think I think yeah. you're I think you're right because uh, even looking at who's going to win that league, like it's, it's how, how do you call it? Like Dungeon United have the ambitions yeah, obviously. It's a I, massive season for them. I have mentioned I I you know, they're not looking particularly good at the moment. Uh Partick Thistle obviously they they want to go straight back up and they they've made a, a couple of fairly good signings actually. Uh, Thomas Aware from mm-hmm. Morton, a big a big goal scoring centre back who people have watched him a lot say he he could play in the Premiership probably. Cammy mm-hmm. Bell thinks a very solid goalkeeper, so that's yeah, a good right. good goalkeeper <laughs> there, there as well. Like Angus, that, the raise of those eyebrows does not seem convinced. In the two two games he played for Hibs, I thought he did alright. Yeah, like he, yeah. Like no, he's solid hands. He's not. Yeah, he's, he's solid. A good shot. Unfortunately, he's remembered for things for for the worst goalkeeping blunder and. Probably. And I can't think of many worse than that. One of the most iconic. Anyway. Carriest in Champions League, actually. That was. Oh, that was probably. worse. Yeah. Even though, of a bit off topic. That Lloris mistake in the in the World Cup final. They're just so lucky that they did run away with it at that point because that mm. is one of the most bizarre goals you'll ever <laughs> see. But no one's talking about it, and it was in the World Cup final as well. Yeah, uh, mental. So yeah, yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> the, the point being, Cammy Bell, despite what people. N- what stands out, he is a very solid yeah, goalkeeper. He's, he he's done yeah. somewhere else. So that level would be good. Uh, Chris Dillon, you'd expect as well to score a fair few of the championships. So, Neil, Neil Story, he might, he, he might. I mean, he he scored thirteen goals for Inverness only like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Maybe a drop down in level over at Boreham. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. If you're playing I, the, sorry, dr- the we'll see drinking game, you'd be absolutely wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, sorry. I, I need. I need. I, I don't really, know your catchphrase. I think it's really hard to predict, but I, I, might, um, I might just oh, kind it's of pin, impossible. pin my colours to the mask oh, here we go. with Ross County. Just kind of stab in the dark. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, think, yeah, uh, pff, that, that's as good a show as, as, as any, I think. And they've got, and they've signed Ian Vigers from Inverness. They're probably taking Inverness at their rival's best player off yeah. them, mm-hmm. which is very handy. There's been a few, uh, um, a bit of that, in the, sorry, just yeah. cut you off, but a bit of that in the Championship this season. Teams just, uh, players just moving from team to team, yeah, kind of a wee yeah. bit of a shuffle. Yeah. Because even, um, Adam Barton moved from Partick Thistle to Dundee United yeah. during the week, so that's. And we haven't even talked about the best transfer and, uh, of the. Nicky Clark. Dunfermline uh, to Dundee United. Nicky yeah. Clark most definitely has proven he can score goals at that level, mm-hmm. so that's probably something in favour of Dundee United. However. The best transfer. Uh, you're just going to completely omit the best transfer of the Willow Flood to Dunfermline? Anyone? That was a good, <laughs> what, four days or something? <laughs> that was the highlight of the, the pre season, as far as I'm concerned. No, no, I, 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 Ian Vigers is the best transfer. Yeah. The, the self-proclaimed Mario Balotelli of Dingwall <laughs> back. Look that up, that's true. I will look that up. Be, not based on his football and talent, which is funny, based on his training ground bust-ups. Oh, and he yeah. called himself that? Yeah. Goodness. Said he's happy to be known as that. Which is very fair magnanimous. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. Things are certainly going to be interesting up at Dingwall. 
I would say just moving just quickly further down the league, I think Alwa have done some good business in insofar as they've brought in Greg Spence back for a four spell who's always does well at Alawa. Alan, Alan Troughton who admittedly hasn't always sparkled in the championship but he's coming off a very very good season they look like they'll score goals whether it's going to be enough and whether they're going to be consistent enough in the championships in our matter but I think they're actually looking okay Alawa. Liam Dick as well who they've brought in at left backs a very very good player, he's very good going forward so actually we, we mentioned for Alawa, I think since Jamie's not yeah. here and I've taken up the mantle it's of the Alawa correspondent, mm. I would like to just give them a mention. I d- yeah, I th- it's, it's going to be really tight. I think that Fermland are going backwards, to be honest. They've and lost they, a lot of yeah, players. And back to it, the kind of back to it is held up as the... Big sign. The, the second coming. Yeah, but I just I saw a bit of him at Dundee last year. But hopefully he gets his confidence back, but he just looks... He, he lacks aggression, not in the sense he needs to fly into tackles, but he lacks... He, you know, a real aggression when he gets into final third, but hopefully he he finds that again. But yeah, no, there's, there's undoubtedly a very talented player in there. I think a game-winning player as well. Yeah, yeah, I think the, it, the Premiership was too much of a step up, but the Championship, he's he's got a lot of potential to do very well in that league. And just lastly, Gus, I know you're quite keen to talk about Queen of the South. Enlighten me. Because Queen of the South have, as I talked about earlier, uh, the best strike partnership in Scotland this year. Oh. Stephen Dobby yep. and Gary Harkins. Yep. I mean, <laughs> has there ever been a more yeah. immobile strike partnership? <laughs> Even more immobile than Kenny Miller and Lee Miller. They'll probably still get 20 <laughs> think, goals apiece. I think they'll score. Yeah. They'll, yeah. They could score triple the amount of goals than Kenny and Lee. Oh, that's a show. That is, that is the claim of the season, I think. So, far. I mean, it's probably not unfair. It's <laughs> probably a bit realistic. Yeah. So, Queen of the South, that's where to go if you want to see some goals. So, Let's just do a few championship predictions. Who's going to win it? Ross County. Oh, man. I go in for Ness. If, um, they can keep, if they can keep improving. I know they've lost in Vigers, but They started well in the Betfred Cup, haven't they? He says having the one two games. They couldn't be 5-2 five, five during week. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Partick Thistle, I think, just because for difference. Because they're, cause they're a West, West Coast yeah. side. West Coast bias and all that. Bias, yeah. media Media <laughs> bias. Yeah. So uh, that that BBC Glasgow Street. Yeah. And in the championship, who's going to go down? Well, I'm a Kelly fan, so I should probably say Air, but I want Air to be close to us so we can play more. But I think Air are in trouble. And Aloha. I think it's between Air and Aloha. So if you're going to go Air, I'll go Aloha. I'm say Air United because Aloha are going to be in the playoffs. I'm quite confident. Relegation playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Your words, not mine. And. Um, so before we move on then, listen and talk about some more of our predictions, we're actually going to have a wee special guest. So, as promised, I spoke to Lee Perry, our very own Lee Perry, from Ibiza, who's, sorry, who's in Ibiza at the moment, he's not from Ibiza, I don't think he's <laughs> anyway, from Kirkcaldy as far as I'm aware. So I spoke to him, caught up with him during the week, and got his thoughts on VAR and refereeing. Talking about VAR, then that that would be an interesting place place to start. Given that, well, obviously, unless people somehow missed the World Cup, it was a huge, huge part of that. I guess, firstly, then, what are your thoughts on it so far? Um, I think overall in the World Cup it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of positives to take from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just think it's probably because it was a penalty. Mm-hmm. We've never had a World Cup 
Um, and you can see as the as the tournament progressed, a lot of players were becoming a bit better, well behaved um, in the penalty area. Probably the, the worst result was that Columbia England game, um, yeah. which was just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, overall, I think it works very well. Um, obviously, there's uh, there's still a part in it that is human error. You can't take human error out of it, and that's um, something they can really control really. Um, hmm. There is there is always a couple of, a couple of times where the referee's been called over, or he's actually made a correct decision in the first place, and then he's overruled himself to make a wrong decision. Mm. Um, Which again, they, and, and, and again, that's the, yeah. So, for example, uh, that they had ball in the World Cup final was that one of those scenarios, or? Uh, yeah, that ah uh, yes, yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a prime example of it. Um, that you know, they made a good decision, but he got pulled in mm-hmm. um, and overturned themselves. I think probably, I think one of the one bit of it that I maybe didn't like was, as I understand it anyway, the referee is brought in and he's told you've potentially made an error, mm-hmm. so he will have it in his head that he's that he's made a wrong decision, then we we'll want to overturn that. Okay. Um, if there's maybe something else, in the, something else in the process there, the referee's not got any mind that he's actually made a wrong decision. Um, then that's, but I think that's, that's the only improvement I can think of. I think overall it's worked pretty well. Well, okay, that uh, that all all sounds sounds very positive from your own point of view, and it is it is interesting because I think it was uh, Steve Conroy the other, the other I don't know if you saw this, but the other week was advocating for it to come come to Scottish football. Um, I guess my my concern is that it would probably be the cost for perhaps because I don't I don't know how much it would yeah. cost to implement per game. Nor to, you know, have what is this an extra six officials every week. That's obviously going to be very, very expensive. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I think I think we're kind of struggling to officials as we are in Scotland at the yeah. moment. Um, not from my side. But um, mm-hmm. we're always seeing you know, uh, recruitment drives every, every year, every twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Um, yeah, I said it comes to cost, but I can't, I can't Why do you say that specifically about Scottish football? I would say, I, say, I, yeah, I just think, there is, I don't think we would bring it down past, I don't think, I would say, Abel team are playing Ardrose and 
Scottish Cup. Mm-hmm. A Scottish Cup game and then they go to they say they go to a replay and then that, that game wouldn't have mm-hmm. uh, VR in it because they both wouldn't have the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously a replay makes you play to get it in the same conditions but at a different time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's for this. Especially as I think they turn up uh, up here. I'm saying up here, I'm not here at the moment. Up for us. Up, yeah, up north. Up north, you go. You keep going north, and you eventually hit Scotland again. Very, very north. <laughs> yeah, you go very, very north. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think VAR is certainly something that's not going to go away for a long time. But I'm quite curious actually. This is something we haven't talked about that often. You mentioned there about recruitment and referees. What's what's your kind of role being within that, and what are the challenges you're facing? Ah, yes, so. Um, ah, yes, so basically, well, I'm assistant shooter for Five Five Association and um, I run the, the Facebook page that we've got. And so yeah, every, every so every every two years we run uh, courses. Um, and we get we get we get the motion we're usually setting that about um saying it's like twenty five each class or something, so we're gonna we're bringing through a potential fifty new referees every year. And so with that um, yeah, it's basically the challenges we have. And it's not it's not bringing people into the classes. We've got people who are keen enough to mm-hmm. try and give it a go. It's actually bringing people retained past the first year. And why, uh, do you, why do you think that generally is an issue? I think people are just... I, I, I don't know if people... I, a lot of people just go into it and they say it's not for them. Yeah, okay. And, um, yeah, I think it's... Um, yeah, people go into say, do the first first game, they uh, enjoy that one mm-hmm. and then they start to do something a little difficult and mm-hmm. um, same route and so I'm saying a bit under 11, under 13, and then mm-hmm. they start to get some grief from apart from parents and um, coaches, whatever, um, at that level that's what you're going to grief from the players, it, it's not the players, it's the coaches and parents, and then maybe you get off from like, one particular experience of hug or um, to the final part of this week's special stop time podcast and it's the the most random the 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 best part for you to come back and say we know absolutely know nothing about football listening it's our predictions for the season we've, yeah. we've done our championship ones but let's let's focus on the premiership angus who's going to win the league celtic liam celtic i'll say celtic that was quick <laughs> good debate good good discussion i'm glad no one said like motherwell <laughs> Just for just for pants. Who's going to be second? Kelly. Well, I don't want to make a fool of myself like that, so I'll go. Uh, my heart says Hibs, but my head says Rangers. 
both my heart and head say Rangers. So he almost said hips there. <laughs> I'd almost said hips. So I'll say Rangers as well. Yeah. Third? Aberdeen. I, I would... I think Aberdeen will be tighter at the back than Hibs, so I think Aberdeen. I think Hibs will finish third. I think Hibs as well. Yeah, I think Aberdeen have gone backwards for Hibs. Backwards more substantially than anyone else that's so far in the top four. I mean, we're seeing this still, what, ages to go in the transfer window as well. Neither team has made much, so... These are yeah. like the final predictions, Liam. You can't change you them. Have to, oh, Aberdeen yeah. might sign, I don't know, like Nikola Kalic or something like that, but it doesn't, doesn't make any difference. When Messi moves to Aberdeen, we're all going to look back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all looked after then. Uh, and finally, fourth. Hibs. Aberdeen. Yeah, Aberdeen. No digging for hearts. No. I was, I was this heart, like, hearts, so much is up in the air with that. You, can't, you can't predict it. Like, every, every one of the like, 50 signings could be terrible. You know, Stevie McLean could get injured in the first week of the season, whatever. So I think hearts are too difficult to predict. I mean, they could finish fourth, but they could easily miss easily out in the top finish. six. Yeah, exactly. I think exactly. I've actually uh, missed out Rangers in my top four accidentally there. But uh, <laughs> I just have to stick with that now. Rangers <laughs> for me. Stephen J. Hartsack. Killy just literally displaced Rangers. That's the only changes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, let's look further down the league then. We won't do the full table because no one can be bored listening to that. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who I've said. No, I can't remember who's in the league. <laughs> uh, firstly, who's going to get relegated? Automatic. Livingston. Livingston. I think Livingston as well. Fun, fun along the way with that strike partnership. Yeah, Livingston plus a Kenny Miller. A Kenny Miller hat trick in some game at some point. Kenny Miller tears in the last day of the season. I mean, maybe because no one's actually predicted Hamilton that this will finally be the season where their luck or not their luck they have done well to stay in the league but this will finally be the time where they run out of lives I think fingers crossed <laughs> no we don't hate Hamilton in this no podcast. but I think that's interesting because I think it's everyone's duty who's not a Hamilton fan to not like Hamilton and want them to go down because they you know they feed off that siege mentality no no that's what I'm saying because none so, of us have predicted this time maybe they'll so just relax I want bit. Hamilton to go down as well because I, I don't like going to New Douglas Park or watching games there um, so I, but I think it's our duty to not like Hamilton I think it's you know they would they wouldn't want anything less everyone in Hamilton has a duty to hate Hamilton I mean, it's, it's Hamilton against the world I never really had much of an issue with them like, I know obviously they don't bring much fans and that really rails a lot of people up but I never really cared about that. And then I saw a team from the Faroe Islands bring more fans to Easter Road than Hamilton, and I thought, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with Hamilton. Yeah. So and it's really Hibbs' fault they're in the league in the first place. Yeah, it is. Mm. That's an our matter. Terry so, Butcher's, really. It sounds like Livingston relegated to Hamilton playoff. Yeah, I think we'd all yeah, agree, I'd agree with that. I'd be shocked if it's not that, to be honest. You agree with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be shocked if it's not that, but no doubt Kilmarnock could probably end up getting relegated this season. The Steve Clark magical wear off. Second or relegated. That's the scale. Who do we think is going to be the first managerial casualty this season? It's a bit of a stab in the dark. I think Tommy Wright might be the first to go. If St. Johnson struggle. They've been on they we, we a bit of a poor to, season last season. We did talk about them extensively no. last season's pod. They, I, I defended St. Johnson a bit. Go. But yeah, I'm just, if, just, they sto- if they start slow, I think he could be the first one to go. Yeah, okay, Tommy Wright's an interesting one. Gus? Kenny Miller. You, you can't have Kenny Miller as your manager and your but captain. But do you can think you? But does that not mean what would happen? Does that not mean there'll be a risk then that Comanico sign him just so they can do the Boyd Miller partnership? No. Just uh, it's a bit like a bit of a tangent, but if he was to get sacked as manager, what would happen to him in terms of playing role? Because surely Five. they'd still want him as a player. Oh, that would be. I oh, hope this happens. Done. This would be brilliant. That'd be amazing. You can't manage the team anymore, but you're still going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if Kenny Miller scored like twenty goals, but they're still last by like fifty points. <laughs> exactly. What happens? <laughs> What do you do then? 
the Kenny Miller conundrum. There you go. Right. Yeah, I I think I think Craig Levine might go first. Actually, I think if Hearts, if those players don't gel and they are struggling, I think Craig Levine could go. I don't think that so. would be the yeah. But who be he, who would sack Craig Levine? Craig Levine and Budge. I don't think I think Anne Budge and Homer. She won't sack him. I don't think. I could be wrong. Could be. I think you'll we'll get see. the season. Whatever happens, I mean, you'll get the season. Yeah, I possibly. think we're going in the season. Quite a lot of managers. That, that sounds quite reasonable. If it will find <laughs> reasonable, <customer. laughs> I think this. this season there's quite a lot of managers who are relatively secure in their jobs. Like Hibbs won't get rid of Neil Lennon. Kelly won't get rid of Steve Clark. I can't imagine. As <laughs> <No, laughs> he says. Wait, wait, like six and come I mean, and confidence. Here. Martin Canning is bulletproof. Kenny Miller is their star man. Yeah, Rogers, like I. Can't see Rangers getting rid of Steven Gerrard no matter how badly it goes, if they could afford to get rid of him. So yeah, I think that's pretty much all we have to talk about today, listen. I do appreciate you staying. Or I think we all appreciate you staying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I don't think Gus does, to be fair. Gus doesn't like you, but... It's a, priv- a privilege for them. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I, it's, go- it's safe to say it's going to be a very interesting season. Do either of you have anything else to add or anything you think? Chris Boyd, top scorer. Okay, that's sorry. I, I know you were keen to get that prediction. So Chris Boy, top goal scorer in the Premiership. Full Canberry, top goal scorer. He's already scored three in Europe this season. Yeah, against more than Ronaldo, team. more than Messi. Eamon <laughs> Brophy and uh, Lee Irwin to do very well this season. Oh. Very good players, potentially. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, a very interesting season. We will try and be there as much as we can this season. We may have different guests on. As it, on that note, thank you very much, Gus, for giving us your time today and for joining us it's oh, hopefully my, my pleasure hopefully you've enjoyed yourself not at all no good that'll be the last time you'll be back Liam it's been good to see you as always I know look forward to seeing you more often yeah exactly and in three months time when we're doing our podcast and Rangers are last in the league Hibs have sacked Neil Lennon <laughs> Kenny Miller's got Scotland job yeah <laughs> Gee, imagine you did a job swap with Alex McQueen <laughs> oh, that's a, a worrying thought so yeah Listener, thank you very much for joining us today. We will be back at some point to discuss Scottish football. At some point. At some point. (laughs) We don't have a defined date on it. We unfortunately don't. But yeah, thank you and enjoy the season. Mm -hmm.